Welcome to another episode of the Gay Archive Show, where we explore gay history one bar at a time. I'm your host, Art Smith, and our episode today focuses on a bar in Arlington, Virginia called Freddy's Beach Bar. Joining us will be the owner and founder of Freddy's Beach Bar, Freddie Lux. So welcome to the show, Freddie. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to have you here. I'm really kind of intrigued by your uh, your little bar in Arlington, Virginia, Freddy's Beach Bar. Yes. Uh, first question I have for you, what inspired the name of that bar? Because Arlington is nowhere near a beach. <laughs> uh, the concept actually started out in Rehoboth Beach. I had a little travel trailer in a Sierra Village uh, for 20, 25 years, and I built a little courtyard out back and put junk on the walls and painted it in the same colors that I actually have in Freddy's now. And uh, folks would come over and they'd go, wow, this is awesome. I had a little tiki bar with ice maker and stuff out back there. And um, people would come over and go, wow, this is awesome. And that's where I got the idea for Freddy's. I thought, well, Crystal City doesn't have a beach bar. Why not? And uh, Coincidence, Oddly enough, now I've just opened a uh, another Freddy's in Rehoboth Beach, so we've kind of come full circle. Absolutely. And yeah. um, the kitschy decor that you started with your trailer and has carried over into both the Arlington Bar and now the Rehoboth Bar, is that kind of part of your personality? I mean, if I were to yeah. walk around your house or whatever, am I going to see kitschy stuff there or? Uh, no, not so much. Um, I went to art school, so I, that's where a lot of that stuff comes in. Um, the walls are kind of a takeoff on Louise Nevelson, uh, famous artist that did collages out of found objects. My partner, Johnny, calls me Fred Sanford because I'm always stopping and going through people's trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bar definitely looks like a ton of fun. I mean, all it of- does. And by the way, a little sideline in there for the Crystal City location. I do have a bucket of sand in there some somewhere. So when people ask, where's the beach? I, I, I show them the bucket of sand. Right then. <laughs> <laughs> so what inspired you to get into the gay bar? Business? Um, I was maitre d' down. I, w- I went to art school and when I graduated, I wasn't a and my mother said, well, why don't you go get a waiter job at Portofino? And that's where I started out. And they opened a little Italian restaurant across the street called Cafe Italian. I was there for 25 years as maitre d'. And uh, my my former boss and I had often talked about opening a gay bar together. But I told him after 25 years, I was starting to let a, get a little bit bored and I'd like to try something on my own. And he was actually very helpful in uh, hooking me up with his lawyer and and advising me on how to do it. So um, that uh, the Cafe Italia was always very gay friendly. We advertised in the blade and we had the rainbow flag in the entryway and stuff. So it was kind of a good springboard for doing this on my own. And this was, you know, a Cafe Italia, that was 
what, in the 80s and 90s? That was before... 1976 was when we opened. Wow. Yeah. Pretty amazing to find a uh, a gay-friendly establishment like that, you know, in a conservative yeah. area in the shadow of, of the Pentagon. Yeah. So the, the original Freddy's in Arlington... Um, you, this is your second location or no? You've always been in the same spot. Same spot. I've had it for, it'll be 21 years in March. And um, then I have the other one now in Rehoboth. And I also, we, uh, Cafe Italia became available a few years ago, three years ago, I'd say. And we actually took that back too and renamed it Federico. So I also have that little Italian restaurant down the street. How how big is the original bar, the, the Crystal City Bar? About how many square feet is that bar? Oh, boy. I was afraid you were going to ask me that. Um, I can, I'll, I'll have to find that out for you. Well, would you consider a large bar, or is it just kind of a small neighborhood bar? Uh, it's a pretty decent size. It has a, a large bar in the middle. I think we have 21 seats at the bar and then tables all around it and a little front porch area. So it's a pretty decent size. And you serve, um, serve food there to restaurant and bar, right? It's yes. So you have a full menu. I've seen the pictures of your Sunday brunch selection. And yeah, we're pretty well known for our Sunday brunch. We were actually voted best 100 brunches uh, by Open Table, so in the country. Yeah, and you've got all kinds of of crazy stuff on the walls there. I've I've looked at the pictures and seen everything from Barbie dolls to tiki heads to disco balls to I don't know what. Got quite stairs. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's fun. Now, one of the things that I've heard you say before, and uh, it appears to be evident in the decor of the bar, is um, it's not done until it's overdone. Yeah, especially uh, I had a woman from New York write a write-up once, and she didn't like the decor, which most people love it. But she said, oh, my God, I hate the decor it's so overdone and i said well if you think it's overdone now you should come back at christmas (laughs) (laughs) and that's not the only holiday that you go overboard for i mean we decorate and change it up in there yeah we change the color scheme up it's usually like pink for cherry blossoms going into spring and then red for christmas and orange for halloween with bats flying around the fans and stuff so we we switch it up we don't want people to get bored (laughs) now you're in a neighborhood that is not far from the pentagon and a lot of government activity in the metro dc area Um, my dad was a colonel in the army and both my parents are buried over at arlington cemetery um and dad was in ordinance so we sort of stuck close to the Pentagon my whole life. I actually live in the house I grew up in since I was three years old. Um, And interestingly enough, because of our proximity to the Pentagon, we have a large military uh, gay clientele that comes into Freddy's. 
Yeah, which I was don't... somewhat of a surprise to me. I wasn't, I guess I wasn't particularly expecting that. And the other thing that was the big surprise to me was we have an extremely large uh, transgender clientele um, that comes in. And a lot of them are military also, by the way. You bill your bar as a straight-friendly LGBT bar. Um, and I understand and that had some the, impact on, on getting the military clientele there. Well, there's an interesting story that goes with that. Tammy Smith, who is the first out Brigadier General in history, um, now retired two-star, uh, presented me with a flag that she had flown over Baram Airfield on the occasion of the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, in my honor for providing a safe place for the folks from the Pentagon to hang out at. And she had it framed in a little box with rainbow stars on it. It said Freddie's Beach Bar. And after she presented that flag to me on the stage, she took me aside and she said, I don't think you realize what you did here. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, well, you opened this gay bar on 23rd Street, but you advertised it as a straight, friendly gay bar. That gave us all cover or permission, if you will, to come in. And I said, oh, wow, no, I didn't realize I had done that. So she said they all knew it was a gay bar and loved it, and they were able to come in because it was billed uh, as straight friendly. Now, looking at your bar and looking at some of the pictures I've seen of, of events and parties and things that have gone on there, you designed the bar to be a lot of kind of fun and very colorful, and you've had a number of family experiences there. I mean, people bring, it looks like Girl Scout troops or whatever come in there. And yeah, we had we had a, a little annual tea party that we had for the daisies in the afternoon. I broke out my mother's uh, china and uh, we had a little tea sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly, of course. And um, now the daisies are brownies, and we just did another tea party for them this year. So it's a fun. The kids. You know, we have sometimes glitter out on the sidewalk and stuff, and the, the kids seem to drag their parents in there. I, one of my favorite stories, I've told it repeatedly, is I had this family of five, three adorable little redheaded kids, and the dad said to me, the little one said, I want to go to the rainbow place. <laughs> And you definitely are not ashamed of that rainbow. <laughs> no. And comments like that really warm my heart. We, we seem to be well thought of by most of the folks in the neighborhood and the, um, politicians and the police and the fire. Um, Amazon called me and said, we love Freddy's Beach Bar, and we'd like to partner up with you to serve 10,000 meals to the first responders. And so we asked some of the other restaurants on the street to help us out, and we actually did that with Amazon, which was a very moving and wonderful thing to do. Yeah, and it's wonderful that not only that Amazon supports the community, but that they chose you 
as a suitable vendor to provide the quality that they're, you know, that re would reflect their corporate image. They didn't want, you know, they weren't going to pick some skanky, greasy hole right. and ask them for food. They picked somewhere that they, you know, they trust. could be proud of and they could trust. Yeah. 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 So that was a great thing we did with them. Now, how has that neighborhood changed since you opened there 20, almost 21 years ago? How has the neighborhood that you're in changed? Well, that street in particular um, had a library and a firehouse on it. And I think, let's see, one restaurant, I believe, and then a drugstore with a soda fountain on the corner. Um, my mom took me in there for my first ice cream soda. Um, so it was a totally different feeling back then. And you're the only gay business in that area. There's not another. Yeah, that I know of. Yes. And we have been, but when I first opened up, there were two other gay bars, both in Alexandria. One was 808 King street and it lasted for a couple of years and went out of business, I think before I opened, actually, or just when I was opening. And then there was another one in Huntington called the Hunt Club. And he I, he told me that he was just tired of the business and just wanted to get out of it. So he went out of business on purpose, <laughs> probably two years after I opened. And as far as I know, we're the only gay bar otherwise in the neighborhood, in the area. And in Northern Virginia, there are some in Southern Virginia, like Richmond and Norfolk and so forth. And there are a lot of them that I consider all of them to be my friends over in uh, D.C. So what is the secret to the longevity of your bar? Because a lot of bars around the country, gay bars especially, have gone by the wayside. And you're still vlogging yeah. after 20 years and opening a second location. Yeah, that's true. I think I'm just lucky. Um, we, we, like all the other bars, we've gone through some pretty tough times. We were able to get some PPP loans and stuff to see us through. But otherwise, you know, it was a little shaky for us for a while, too. This pandemic is uh, terrible. Yeah, it's definitely had an impact on the bar industry. Yeah. And back in the and day, a lot of a lot of development too. Like I can think of two or three uh no, four at least uh bars that were pretty popular and so forth and they just got bought up by developers and there's like office buildings there now or a stadium uh where where those bars used to be. You must be talking about Southwest D.C. Well, I'm talking about Secrets and uh, Zigfields and the Lost and Found and Tracks that was over where the stadium is now. And then over on U Street um, Town, which was a huge nightclub and very popular. Um, I consider those guys to be my friends, too. Um, Got bought up in his office building there now too. He's opening a, and I think he's already opened a bar uh, in an old church. So that he he's always doing something. That sounds interesting. The only yeah. old church bar I think I've ever been to 
uh, was in New York City. And yeah. um, it's, of course, long gone as well. That was Limelight. But um, but it makes for a cool environment. You know, it, it definitely is oh, sure. different than, than opening in a traditional bar space. Sure. Of course, your bar, I don't think anybody would would describe your bar as a traditional bar space. The four walls. No, you know, I think of most gay bars as being sort of dark and dingy and a lot of painted black and stuff. And Freddy's is certainly one reviewer said when you walk into Freddy's, you know, it's going to be all about fun. And that's kind of the what I was going for, you know. Well, it looks like you succeeded. (laughs) And as much as you have excess in your bar. I've also seen quite a few pictures of your outfits for special events, and and you pretty much embrace that concept too for those events. Yeah. Yeah. My Easter bonnet is a big hit. (laughs) I I love the purple one, that big gigantic purple one. Yeah. My friend, uh, Adam, uh, made a doll for me. Can I go off screen for a second? Can you see him? I can. And he came in this box, which is like the interior of Freddy's. I can open it here. Got one hand on the. So he's pretty spectacular. He also talks. He does the opening number for the drag show. (laughs) That is pretty awesome. I don't imagine there are too many gay bar owners who have their own doll doll yeah and the thing um, looks just like you he did a they did a great job on that yeah on that he really did and then here, here see this doll house i do so i'm driving home from rehoboth yesterday and that's sitting out with somebody's trash <laughs> and i screeched on the brakes and ran over and i thought this will be perfect i'm going to put it in the gift shop and because we're going to have a little gift shop shop at freddy's in rehoboth and I'll put merchandise in it. So, <laughs> And if you print out some pictures of the interior of your bar, you can redecorate the inside of the rooms, too. Absolutely. So how would you describe Freddy's to someone who has never been there? Just a fun, fabulous place to uh, eat and drink and enjoy karaoke and drag shows and bingo and trivia always something going on at freddy's i know being in the in the shadows of dc you have uh, already mentioned that you had quite a few customers who come over from the pentagon but there's also a lot of uh, prominent politicians and you know all kinds of people that travel through dc what kind of stories do you have about people who have come to visit that kind of either surprised you or you just put a big smile on your face and said, oh, I'm so glad so-and-so showed up? Well, um, uh, still waiting on Pete Buttigieg to make a trip over. We, uh, we've met several times at fundraisers that I was at with him, and I'm hoping to get him and his husband over to both restaurants, actually. At Federico, most recently, we had uh, the Secretary of the Interior in. Um, and she's the first uh, Native American uh, appointee in history, and she was quite, I, I love her. She's really great. 
So what inspired you after all the years of being open successfully in Arlington to come full circle and actually open a physical space in Rehoboth Beach? I've been actually thinking about opening a restaurant in Rehoboth Beach for, I would say, 20 years. And I actually had been collecting Barbies, which my attic was half full of them. So those were all ready to go when I did this. Um, I was just waiting for the right opportunity. And again, because of COVID, um, things have switched up quite a bit in Rehoboth. There are different places that either went out of business or um, in in my case, the frog pond or the pond um, moved out to the TGI Fridays on the highway. Uh, he likes to do bands and stuff and he wanted a little more space and it's a great venue that he has there, but that enabled me to take over his spot, which I'm thrilled about too. So, And that space is going to be basically a mirror image of the one in, uh, in Arlington It's going to have the same kind of decor, the same kind of events, the same kind of food. Just yes. A duplicate version. Yes. And when you walk into Freddy's in Rehoboth, you pretty much feel like you're in Freddy's in Crystal City, which was what I was going for. Except you don't need to have a bucket of sand there. No, I can point, I can see the beach almost from where I am. Yeah. So what inspired the Barbie collection? I know in your... Um... Well, I told one reviewer I've been collecting them since I was a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. I, I played with Dolph. Uh, I'll tell you the story of the Easter bonnet. Um, Marilyn Maddox and I were in first grade together. And we always laughed because we remember that she would be playing cowboys and Indians and I'd be playing with my Barbie dolls. And she's a lesbian. And I went to their wedding and they had these purple and lavender tool poofs all the way down the aisle and Johnny and I are sitting in the back of the thing during the ceremony and I kept staring at those and I said what are you going to do with all those poofs after the service and she said I'm going to throw them out why you want them and I said yeah I want to make a hat (laughs) (laughs) and so she gave me all those poofs and that's how the purple Easter bonnet came about and apparently that was quite the signature because that's what your doll is wearing as well. Yeah. Adam actually had three of four of those dolls made. They have one in their house and he gave me one for Freddy's in Crystal City. It's sitting there on top of the bar and one for uh, Rehoboth, which is behind the bar there. And then I have one in my living room here at the house. Very cool. So you're also pretty active locally um, with Pride, and I think you've won some awards for your best decorated Pride floats and things like that. I'd say we've won best float six or seven times, actually. Yeah. So you really get into that whole, you know, embracing the rainbow. Yeah, I pulled up to the judging booth with the Wizard of Oz float and the guy at the microphone said oh freddie's in it to win it this year and we uh, we did so <laughs> so you must be pretty well known around those parts by now 
I think so. <laughs> That's a good thing, though, because you're, you know, you're out and loud and proud, and it makes everybody take notice and and decide, yeah. you know, what their opinion is of the gay community at large. I mean, you could have opened doors for countless numbers of young people whose families didn't know what to think about, you know, the gay society until they stumbled across your restaurant or, you know, your bar and said, Hey, you know, this isn't what I thought it was. Right. So you've made a big statement with that. Thank you. So you, you said the two bars um, are very similar. What is the difference between them? Is there any difference at all in the, in the vibe or, you know, well, we have uh, in front of Freddy's Rehoboth, we have hot pink AstroTurf carpet and black stanchions with purple velvet rope. So the one in Rehoboth kind of almost looks like a nightclub and it's quite, quite stunning and uh, <laughs> sticks out. It's, uh, I, I love my purple AstroTurf. I mean, pink. Did I say purple? I meant hot pink. Hot pink. The the carpet was actually made for breast cancer awareness, and we did put it out just before October. I'm hoping maybe next year we can do some sort of a special event with that hot pink carpet out front for breast cancer awareness. So what other kind of events do you do there? Uh, In Rehoboth? In either location. Well, in Rehoboth, we're still working on our entertainment uh, license or permission or whatever it is we have to get. We're allowed to do karaoke, and I think we can even do drag shows, but not have a stage yet. So we're working on being able to have a stage. So we're kind of just working on that between now and spring, and hopefully we'll be open full tilt by spring. In... uh, Crystal City, and this is what we hope for in, in eventually in Rehoboth, we have trivia, we have drag bingo, we have a Freddy's Follies drag show on Saturday nights, we do a piano bar sometimes, um, Sunday brunch, Saturday breakfast buffet, um, and karaoke every night. So if, if there's a drag show, it's still followed by karaoke. And that's what we plan on doing in at Rehoboth also. So. Now, Rehoboth is a little bit more seasonal, isn't it, than, than Arlington? Yeah, we're off-season now, which is kind of nice because it gives us a chance to tweak everything and get our sound system up and running and um, all that stuff. Uh, one person wrote, the sound system sucks. And I wrote back and said, what sound system? We haven't hooked up our sound system yet. We're using a boom box. So I, you know, and I, I think I threw in there, please bear with us. We're a work in progress. And that, that's what it is right now. But um, for the most part, we're pretty together there now. Yeah. A lot of people like to just complain for no <laughs> reason. You know, they, they can't appreciate the good. Well, you know, I can't really say I blame them, but, um the truth of the matter is we we haven't hadn't hooked up our sound system yet it was all wired but we hadn't hooked the speakers up yet so so what is the menu like at 
at Freddy's? What kind of food do you serve there? Uh, similar. I would say a little more upscale. My chef down there likes to do some fancy dishes. So Francis does too here in Crystal City, but a little maybe more so in, in Rehoboth. But some of the same things that we have on the menu here in Crystal City as well. And I assume the, brun- the weekend brunches are a big deal for you. You get a lot- big crowd for both of those for Saturday. We are. Um, we are. Uh, I think uh, spring things will pick up a little more. Um, th- we actually stopped the brunch for a while because of uh, the virus, but uh, but hopefully come spring we'll be back up and running with that and hopefully started in Rehoboth as well. So besides the flag presentation by Tammy Smith, um, what are some of your favorite memories that you experienced at Freddy's Beach Bar? Uh, In regards to military or not necessarily? In general. Just in general. Well, um, I I was going to mention that Adam Sasso that made that little doll for me and his husband, Sean Pierce, um, are both retired military. They were the first same-sex couple to uh, lay a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and Johnny and I were able to go witness that. And some other interesting folk that come into the bar, Kristen Beck, uh, they did a two-hour CNN special on Kristen. She's a former Navy SEAL that transgendered. And uh, so we, we have a, a great deal. Amanda Simpson is the first uh, presidential transgender presidential appointee in history. Obama appointed Amanda to the Commerce Department and it made history. So it, there's a lot of interesting folk, particularly on the military side that come in. We do a Pentagon happy hour the third Thursday of every month, by the way, and that's always a nice group that comes in. Well, the next thing you know, they'll have you catering lunches at the Pentagon. <laughs> I want to take over that little snack bar in the middle of the Pentagon in the courtyard. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be the perfect place for a Freddy's Beach Bar. So after 20 years in the bar business, in the gay bar business, and a few additional years owning your own Italian restaurant, what else is coming up? Is there, are there any other plans for the future? Or are you just going to? Well, this was, uh, you know, I waited nine months on my permits in Rehoboth and it was kind of a, uh, a big chore to get, pull that together. But uh, I've been saying for years, really for 20 years that I'd love to have a, uh, Freddy's Beach Bar in Rehoboth and another one in like Fort Lauderdale or somewhere. I uh, I would like to right around this time of year when it's snowing and cold, I'd like to tell my staff, well, I got to go check on my place in Fort Lauderdale, you know, see you in March. <laughs> well, we would love to have you. I live in Tampa. And, oh, cool. Uh, my and- friend, my, my personal trainer, former personal trainer, Jeremy is in St. Pete and he's a little straight boy, but he told me that he would manage the place for me. So I said, all right, here's what I want you to do, Jeremy. I want you to go undercover as a gay boy into the gay district and find me a place. (laughs) 
So that's his assignment. Well, that should be a fun adventure. And we'd love to have you down here. St. Pete does have a beach. Uh, so you could have a, a Freddy's Beach Bar close to the beach. It wouldn't actually was, be on the beach. but I went down to uh, Clearwater with my mom uh, years ago. Someone in her retirement home had suggested it. And I thought, oh, great, it's going to be all old people down here. And I was pleasantly surprised that it's an incredibly nice mix of young, old, you know, everybody. Uh, do you know Clearwater Beach? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. St. Saint- Pete is a little bit more vibrant. It has a little bit more of an artsy scene. Yeah. Um, as you walk around, especially the um, Central Avenue District and closer to downtown, you see a lot of buildings that have, you know, bright, vibrant murals painted on the side of them. Um, there are more gay bars in the Grand Central District and that general area. So I think you would fit right in. Uh, you know, your bar concept is very upbeat and cheerful and happy. And um, yeah, I've always I've always said that I think Freddy's is, you know, you could basically plunk that down almost anywhere and it would i think be a hit so so i'm seriously you know thinking about i have a friend that was going down to saint pete and i said i'll scope out the gay district and see if because you know there are unfortunately due to covid places that are turning over so he said he has a lot of friends down there and he'll keep his eyes open while he's down there and you can do that for me too i um (laughs) I live about a mile from Ybor City, which is Tampa's entertainment district. And uh-huh. our biggest, longest-running gay bar in Ybor City, um, which was called Honey Pot, it has been closed for, I don't know, at least six months now. And it's an wow. old, it's one of those old, like, five-and-dime type stores, two stories, with a big open loft area that looks down on the dance floor from the second floor. Oh, nice. Um, and it's been. And there. that's where in. It's um, on 7th Avenue in Ybor City, right across from another gay bar. How do you spell Ybor? Y B O R. And is that part of. Where did you say? Um, it's part of the city of Tampa. It's Tampa. the neighborhood. It's the old cigar rolling district in the Tampa, uh, city of yeah. Tampa. So that's did where. You- that's where. You've heard of the cigars, half a half a Tampa, um, half a Tampa cigars. Yeah, had a really big cigar industry. It was the number one um, place where cigars were hand rolled in the U.S. for wow. years. And, and um, um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, how far is Tampa from St. Pete? Um. There's a bridge that connects the two about 10 miles. Okay. It's not that viaduct thing, is it? No. No, it's just a bridge. And isn't the Salvador Dali um, Museum in St. Pete? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and Clearwater must be somewhat close to Clearwater is north of St. Pete. Yeah. Close to Tampa? No. No. It's. No. Okay. It's a little further away. Okay. Well, let's find a spot and we'll open a Freddy's down there. I would love that because, you know, I keep looking at the pictures. I've looked at video clips um, and it looks like so much fun. I mean, it looks like everybody that goes there has a good time. 
Whether yeah. you're in a bad mood to start with, you can't be in a yeah. bad mood in that bar. Yeah, my my favorite moments over the years have been just like everybody's up there singing karaoke and dancing and just having a grand old time. And I just sit back and say, wow, this is awesome, you know. And you created it because there was yeah. nothing like that before you opened your bar. Right. So what do you hope happens to Freddy's after you're no longer able to take care of it? Do you expect huh. it to live on for decades or? I, I hope so. You know, a lot of people say, I'll say, what's your name? And they say, give me their name. And I say, well, I'm Freddie. And they say, oh, oh, like, oh, there really is a Freddie. So I don't think most people uh, expect there to be a Freddie. It's usually seems to come as a surprise to people. So I hope it'll keep going. That's kind of a flashback to the old days of gay bars. I know when I first came out, uh, my first gay bar experience was in, um, I believe it was 77 in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the Hippo. And oh, sure. That was the first gay bar I ever went to. And <laughs> uh, back then, a lot of the bars had a real sense of community. You know, you yeah. walked in, the owner was there, the bartender, yeah. the regulars that you'd seen month after month, year after year, and they became one big family. And I get the impression that you have kind of embraced that concept with your bar, even though you weren't open 40 or 50 years ago. You still keep that underlying concept of, you know, we are all family. We are part of a community here. Well, you know, that's what I grew up with too. So, yeah. Have you had an impact on on the youth community there as well? Um, yes, yeah, and and the gay youth. Uh, we had a Go Gay DC meetup group in there uh, this past Saturday, and one really young transgender um, boy was there for that. Um, I forget what group he's with, but yeah, definitely. So you built an iconic establishment in the middle of our our nation's governmental center and had all these positive influences and effects and survived for over 20 years. Did you expect that when yeah. you first opened? Um, I guess I was hoping for it. I don't know if I expected it, but I was hoping for it. Well, and, you know, I, I, I think it does say something that I was able to open a gay bar on one of the main streets in Arlington, like, you know, you often think of gay bars as being off the beaten path and kind of hidden. And, um, but I think that once I opened up, first of all, I was well-respected by the community. And like I said, the police, fire and political folks to begin with from my 25 years at Cafe Italia. And then, um, once the, my clientele started to come in, I think it sort of sent a message to the community that these are um, good, upstanding, you know, folks, um, especially with the military coming in and everything, you know, and I think we sent out a good message to the, uh, to Arlington that um, we're, we're a good group of folks. And you're certainly not one of those um, kind of, hidden bars you know and no. like you had kind of mentioned back in the day 
um, a lot of a lot of gay bars had no windows on the street, right? Little right. signage, very right. indication of what they were. Sometimes, like the ones you mentioned in D.C., they were in um, industrial neighborhoods where nobody would go there at night for any reason, right. other than gay people, because you know that was where the club was. Yeah, um, but you're in your, you're in the fa- in their face. You're I mean nobody yeah. can pass that building and not notice it. Right, right. So you took a little bit of a step. It's always been like that, right? When you opened it, it was pretty much. Yeah, um, I remember um, we were trying to decide what to do with the sign, and I have a couple of friends that are like interior designers and stuff, and queer as folk had just come out on TV. And Rebecca said, I think you should put that rainbow line and then into your signature, and that should be your sign. And there were about five of us in the room, I think, and the four of the other guys said, oh, no, he can't do that. He can't put the rainbow sign on the front of that building, the rainbow uh, line. And uh, I said, well, thank you all for your opinion. Now I'm going to go ahead and do whatever I want anyway. And I ended up doing it. And Three weeks later, I had three rainbow flags out there to boot. <laughs> and not to mention pink flamingos. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did I see illuminated pink flamingos on your roof? Uh, there's, uh, there is a pink flamingo on the roof. Yes, yes. And of course, in the bar, there are pink flamingos. Yeah, got to have them. And disco balls. Yes. Plenty of disco balls and disco other objects. Right. Absolutely. It, it looks like somebody went crazy in craft class and, and made <laughs> everything. There are some disco absolute bottles mixed in with those uh, disco balls. It is very cool. Yeah. Makes me wish I was closer to Arlington, Virginia, because uh, you'll it, have to come up and visit. I definitely will. And that, that just sounds like an absolute blast. Um, you've done a great job with the bar and we wish you all the best of luck with your second location in Rehoboth, which I'm sure will be a smash uh, because partly you get a lot of traffic from that area. Anyway, probably a lot of the people that come to your bar in, in Arlington go to Rehoboth. Oh yeah. In the most, of, so. most of DC goes to Rehoboth in the summer. And there I actually advertised Freddy's oh, almost 20 years ago when I opened in Rehoboth um, in their letters magazine because I thought all these gay boys are going to be sitting on the beach looking at letters and they'll say, oh, wait, this is in Arlington, you know. So I actually advertised in there. And of course, now I'm advertising the Freddy's location, too. Well, very cool. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to take this little stroll down memory lane with us and tell us about <laughs> your your two fabulous bars and your restaurant, Federico. Um, yeah. And we wish you all the success in the world and hope that you can bring one down to Florida as well so we can experience it down here. Thank you. Thank you. That concludes another episode of the Gay Bar Archive Show. For more information about this episode, or to find more episodes, visit GayBarchives.com.